are in the world. They were going to put him in a movie if he lived here or not. Notice he got Space Jam, right? How'd that happen? Where was he playing when that got done? Where was LeBron playing when that contract got inked? Oh, that's right. In a Cavaliers jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it was. In a Cavaliers jersey. The Ohio sports fan is my least favorite thing in sports. Here's We're starting here today. Here and I go. had a plan to start here today. I didn't have a plan to start with LeBron, but, you know, welcome to Twitter. You log on and people are just moronic, and so you have to address it. But this is where I wanted to start today. The Ohio sports fan is my least favorite thing in sports. You are the absolute single worst. Dude, there's like 12 t-shirt companies that say we're the best, dude. We, do we buy the shirts and then we complain about the teams? Everything's fine. I think the fact that there's Good. 12 proves my point. Okay. Proves right. my point. All right. You are the single worst thing in sports and you're ruining it. So UFC had a pretty big fight the other night, Saturday night. I rented it. Cost me $65. Oh my God, dude. I can still not believe that price point. 65 bucks. That's me, expensive. Not only that, but I had to download because I don't I don't have cable. I have like Hulu with live TV, but right. I have an Xbox how I stream it. So then I had to like download UFC TV and which is like ten dollars a month. And then you have to like and then you have to wow. pay for like because they give you all a bunch of stuff or whatever. Now, I canceled that already. Okay. But, like, I rented the fight. I'm perfectly okay with the way the fight went, and I paid for it. Meaning, so if you watched the retweet of, the, of like, the live Periscope feed and you're upset at how, how the fight went, you're a douche, and I don't care about your opinion. I love UFC. How much time did I spend on the UFC fight last week on this show? Daily listeners, how much time did I spend talking about Stipe versus Daniel Cormier last week? It was almost none. And you know why that was? Because I thought Stipe was going to lose. Because I didn't want to be sitting in here for a week being a naysayer, being accused of being a hater. Sees me, you just hate. You just hate. It's like, no, dude, I've been watching the sport 10 years. Thought Stipe was going to lose. As a matter of fact, Fantone can tell you. He doesn't really watch the UFC a ton. He'll pay attention a little bit here and there. He's like most of you. Casual UFC fan at best. And he'll be the first one to tell you. I have been screaming for four years in here that Daniel Cormier is a bad man. And people don't give him enough credit. He just lays on you. And I kept telling you, no, he doesn't. That, yes, he tires you out, makes you carry his weight, but he's knocked out some of the biggest names in the UFC. He's beaten some of the biggest names in the UFC. He beat Roy Nelson. Big country. When that guy was, like, running the UFC. Beat him. Beat John Jones. Beat some of the best fighters there is. He's an All-American. He is a bad man. He jumped up a weight class and fought heavyweight. A fat Daniel Cormier is going to have so much power behind that right hand. Oh, you know what? It was enough power to knock Stipe out. As soon as Stipe dropped his hands and I saw Daniel Cormier throw that right hand, I was like, oh, this fight's over. And sure enough, you watch the eyes go in the back of his head, and then this is the standard in UFC. If you're laying on your back and the guy can punch you more than twice in the face, fight's over. If you don't lift your hands to protect yourself, fight over. But yet, you go to Twitter and the Ohio sports fan, Stipe got screwed. What about the eye scratch? There was an eye poke in that fight. I'm not going to tell you the eye poke didn't happen. It happens in every single fight. Stipe's been poked in the eye before by, by accident. It happens. It happens. But that didn't knock him out. The right hand knocks him out. You can see it. As soon as he gets hit with it, the eyes go blank in the head. And then sure enough, falls on his back, punches to the face, fights over. And again, I didn't spend a ton of time on this fight last week because I thought Stipe was going to lose. And I didn't want to spend a week 
like raining on your parade. Even though I don't know why it's your parade, you pay attention to one UFC fight a decade. The parade's been pretty tough for the Northeast Ohio sports fan recently, no question about it. Um, but it's been tough for decades upon decades upon decades. When so, did this you-have-to-be-screwed-to-lose thing happen? You won one goddamn thing, and it was three years ago. You don't have, like, this steeped, you know, history of, like, man, we're just always winning to where, like, the screw job has to come into effect. We're right, where if the Patriots get screwed out of something, that argument at least holds a little bit more weight. They're of holding like, down the great team. We're so great, they want to make the rest of the NFL feel right. like they're special too, and that's why they got to screw Tom Brady. Right. Where it's like, dude, we're, we're, we're talking about Cleveland sports here, guys. I mean, just decades upon decades of misery. I've brought this up before, dude. Uh, just made out of jello. Just made out of the, the just the softest, the they're biggest. The weakest people I've ever seen. Nor- Northeast Ohio Cleveland sports fan, the biggest Weak. snowflakes there are. Ever. Just melt. Ever. Just in, in the face of any adversity, anything that bothers them, they just instantly melt. Softest, the softest fans I've ever seen in my life. I think it's worth noting here, and you're right. I'm a casual UFC fan, but At like, best. but like, you know, I I, I I watch UFC. I enjoy watching dudes fight. There's no question about that. But like. The whole thing with UFC and has always been to me one of the best parts about the sport and one of the things that make it great, whether you have a, f- a dog in the fight or not, is that it is the sport of knockouts, dude. It is eventually your block is just going to get knocked off your head, dude. You don't like, go undefeated. That is just the Can't way it. that it goes. Like, right. it, especially, especially once... Steve A held the record at three. Right, especially once you start throwing big bodies in there. Once you start throwing heavyweights in there, somebody's going to grab your arm and break it. Somebody's going to knock your head off. And, I mean, it's just inevitable that, that losses are going to come. So, like, for people to think that, 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 that Steve A was just going to go in there and just be, like... This untouchable force because he's a volunteer firefighter. It's like, guys, I I don't understand what you were thinking. Dude, Daniel Cormier has been a name in this game longer than Stipe's been in it. Forever. I mean. Forever. uh, Forever. Forever. And he is a legend. He will moonwalk into UFC's Hall of Fame. He's a first balloter. He's a single name star inside the sport. Ten years he's been. I mean, oh big, god, yeah, longer he, probably. A, a, but yes, a big name he, a, it? every bit of to every bit of ten. And like I said, he's fought some of the biggest fights. They did the highlight reel before the fight started. They showed you. They ran down like nine names, like UFC all stars who he's beaten handily because he is a world class fighter. This is what he kept saying. It's like, dude, Steve didn't lose to a bum. It's not like he, dude, Steve Aiden doesn't need to hang his head today. This is not a knock on Steve Miocic to lose to Daniel Cormet. That's not a knock. It's not like he lost to a nobody. He lost to a world-class star. So, Brock Lesnar was seen walking in the arena. Okay. And he points to Dana White and he says, and he then points to the octagon. And Joe Rogan says, oh, there's rumors that Brock Lesnar will fight whoever wins this fight. And maybe that's what he's talking about. What it really ended up being is that Brock wanted in the octagon after the fight and was saying to Dana, hey, we're announcing this in the octagon, right? That's what's happening. So we have that audio, and I actually want to run that down. Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from beginning. McDonald's a piece of Miocic the piece of That's not great. I'm all right with that, except, dude, the guy just got knocked out. The guy just got knocked out. 
Don't call him a piece of trash when the guy just got. Don't don't do that. You want to do it at a press conference three days afterwards. Get the two guys up there, and you want to have Brock Lesnar talking about how the entire division's crap because he's not in it right now. That's fine. I'm perfectly okay with it. In that octagon where it literally just happened, and Stipe, like, I mean, dude, kind of carried that belt very well for you the last couple of you know times out. Was a good ambassador of the UFC. I didn't love that. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar not doing that for what's best for UFC and what 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 is he's doing what's best for him and like I was just amazed, amazed by the ability for that dude to walk into two different organizations, kind of throw his middle finger up at both of them, and they both just throw money at him. Both WWE and UFC, dude. He goes in there. He fails drug tests in UFC. He goes in there. He calls a dude who just got his teeth knocked in, you know, in the middle of the octagon. Because you're right. There is a difference between between the post-game press conference and, 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 and a weigh-in and all those different things. And standing there as the dude just lost his belt, he goes in. He gives he he, he, he flips off both organizations. And they're both just like, here, do whatever you want. Here's a million dollars. Do whatever you want. I don't care. Here's more money. He, the, the guy, I mean, he's just, he, he's special. Like, he's just something else. So we're going to address the, Steve deserves a rematch. What, do you want a participation trophy? What, are we talking about what you should have? Dude, this is matchmaking, Holmes. This is matchmaking. Dana White owes nobody anything. You know what Dana White owes? You a fight you'll watch. And what's going to get bigger ratings? What's going to get more down? What's going to get more pay per view sales? Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier. And let's be honest. Oh, if yeah. you want to be yeah. really honest, it was always going to be bigger that way. Lesnar versus Miocic wouldn't be as big. If you're a UFC fan, Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier is the fight you want. If you're an Ohio fan, you want Stipe in that octagon. As a longtime UFC fan, give me Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier all day long. Yeah, Steve versus Brock feels good to me. Like, to yeah, you. that would have been cool. But you're right, bigger, big picture. It's a, it's big a much bigger draw. How I know we're up against it, but how does this work in UFC? Like, you just lost the belt. Do you get the ability to come back and be like, "Yo, I just lost the belt. I deserve another shot." There, uh, I think it's one of these things. To be honest with you, I'm guessing here. I don't really know. I don't, I don't have the factual answer to that. But what I can tell you is, is it feels like matchmaking to me. That if Dana feels like the fight, if, if run the same fight back and that's the best thing to do, then that's what we're doing. I don't think it's necessarily... Because, dude, he is... I mean, well, I mean, dude, they created a belt for Ronda. They, they, he, he, they rocket stars to the front. That's what they do. It's not necessarily uh, this is a fair scenario. This is like you accumulate points by winning and then you... you, you it c- can work that way because a lot of times, dude, the champion will fight the number one contender. But, I mean, Stipe should be the number one contender and here we are with Brock Lesnar going to fight Daniel Cormier. And who hasn't fought in over a year, correct? Because he was suspended for failing that drug test yeah. last time he fought. You can tell he's still on drugs. Um, Dude. He's massive. Listen, by no stretch of the imagination am I going to say they are the same thing. But boy, oh boy, dude, this is just WWE. Like, this is, this is we're getting into it here. Well, bro. I think I think they're learning a little bit of a lesson, which is you got to give people a little bit of what they want. Why do you think Brock Lesnar threw the mic? Why do you think that happened? And, and WWE fans bitching about it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. You guys are posers. First of all, wrestling is for posers. And so... Dana White is going to give you a little bit of what you want so you pay attention to the fight. You don't worry that that's the integrity of the sport? I don't worry because the integrity of the sport in the octagon thus far still looks really good. I think I think 
this, I think Conor McGregor throwing stuff and like that's been part of the UFC forever. I'm, it's dude, the only now people are only paying attention now. This has been part of the UFC forever. Bottles have been thrown, things have been thrown. There have been punches at weigh-ins. It's been part of the UFC forever. It's just dude, the world's catching up to it. And so now it looks like now that WWE fans are paying attention, now it looks like we're going towards the WWE. It's been going on at UFC stuff forever, forever. It's this is not new. It's not new. It doesn't look the best. I will grant you that. But what is everybody talking about? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. You were going to talk about this Daniel Cormier, Steve Miocic fight for about five minutes after the fight was ended. You know why? Because the fight didn't really matter. But Brock Lesnar is a big, massive name star. And he went in the octagon, and he kind of threw a microphone, and everybody's like, ooh, there's drama. Even though, no, there's not. Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar get along just fine. Brock Lesnar gets along with Dana White just fine. Everybody gets along. They're giving you a little bit of what you want to get you interested. And you're going to complain when it has you interested? But again, I didn't talk about that fight very much at all last week because I thought Stipe was going to lose. And sure enough, he lost. But he didn't lose to a bum. He didn't get screwed, Ohio. The refs are up to get up. The UFC is up to get up. The super teams are up to get up. You are pathetic. Get your backbone intact. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.969. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. 8.30, pass out some Rob Zombie Marilyn Manson tickets for their show July 17th. That obviously a blossom. As we open the show talking MMA, should remind you, fight night at Nautica, August 18th. Jacob's Pavilion, Honor Fighting Championships, presents Fight Night in Nautica, August the 18th. Looking forward to that. I want to thank our listener, Matt, who wrote in and let us know that uh, today, July 9th, two of Maslin's um, fire department members, Tim May, Jimmy Swain, will be honored with the State Fire Marshal Award. And I, I was like, okay, well, I was like, I don't know much about the award right. or whatever. And I guess it's like, it's just, you know, it's a special recognition for going above and beyond the Call of Duty, I believe. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But apparently these two rescued a girl from a fire back in November. Uh, super difficult. They say not the average fire rescue is they had to break through an exterior wall by hand. Um, all the while working off a second floor ladder. Tim went in and pulled her out and Jimmy carried her down the ladder. Dude, imagine having to break through an exterior wall of something. On a dude climbing up and down on a ladder alone is like I need both hands on the thing. (laughs) I do. I need both hands on that thing. Just imagine like the you know sometimes you and I will do like a good break or a good show and there's a little bit of like yeah bro like man dude we're tag teaming right here dude you the radio okay all right all right (laughs) nothing else but can you imagine that like the high five afterwards after you've like you know gone above and beyond oh it's just not an average fire rescue well thumbs up for the average ones too but these guys over here geez yeah like. I read that and I'm like, yeah, no wonder you guys get your own calendar. Yeah, you deserve it. No wonder. Yeah, no wonder I'm not allowed in that thing. But that's awesome, man. Good job. That is awesome. Way to go. Tim May, Jimmy Swain. Good job. So, uh, this not so great. As a masculine man has lost his life over the weekend, um, there was a car accident that happened. Uh, Chauncey Towns, 29, had been driving his motorcycle east on Hills and Dales shortly before 10 p.m. the other night. And uh, a 26-year-old Canton woman had been turning into the driveway, apparently, of the apartment complex Canterbury Commons. You'll have to excuse me. I don't know exactly where that is. Um, And she hit his motorcycle. It overturns, and he had been thrown from it. 
taken to Mercy Hospital. He had later died from his injuries. He was not wearing a helmet. The patrol uh, says that the driver of the car failed to yield to him and that alcohol believed to be uh, a factor in the crash. They're still investigating. But I was surprised to find this out, that Ohio is not a must-wear-a-helmet state. And I've heard this argument a bunch of times. Now, I don't know if this guy wearing a helmet saves his life or not, right? right I wasn't right. there. I don't know. I don't know how that works, right? But I've always, I refer to, sometimes I, I refer to people when when they have just something they believe in. I, I, I call it happy hour, like, like happy hour intelligence is what I kind of call it. I forget the actual name I use, but I know motorcycle riders like to say this one a lot. Let those who ride decide. And maybe not. Right. I mean, maybe not. There's like 20 states, I think, that is where you have to where you have to wear it. And why do we just let you decide that? The question to me is, why is it any different than seatbelt laws? Shouldn't shouldn't if if we're going to if it applies in motorcycles where you don't have to necessarily see this is wear, interesting wear, wear a seatbelt or wear a helmet why do I have to wear a seatbelt see this is interesting because I've always been told and I don't know if this is true or not but I have been told that the reason one of the reasons why they make the seatbelt law is because they don't want you flying through the windshield if you get in a car accident they don't want to have the they don't want the EMTs to have to pick you up off the ground to like scrape you out of the middle of the road right so. My argument would be then, aren't you always falling off the bike if you get into a motorcycle with it? So aren't they always yanking those people off of it? Oh, so yeah, like, I mean... So if I, so if I have to wear my seatbelt because you don't want to do that, then why are, why are those things a thing at all? Then? Just because your brain's intact doesn't mean your guts are intact. You know what I'm saying? You get, hit by, you get hit by a car. Um, I, I don't know here because I don't know what the difference is in survival rate. Because like to me, I think if you're on a motorcycle... You're going to obviously you're going to be in a much more deadly situation than if you were involved in the same crash in a car. For sure. But how much of a difference does that helmet make in that moment? Because the only thing that the helmet's really saving you is is if you survive there to to, to stop the brain damage. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's necessarily is it is it are you more likely to survive or is it? I, I would have to look at numbers there. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the facts are. I mean, I know m- multiple people who have laid a bike down. My brother actually had to lay one down when somebody cut him off once. Um, that's happened. Um, I, there was a woman I was loosely uh, associated with for a while. She rides. She had to put one down once. Um, it, it's but and so there's apparently something. With, I guess there's a way to do it. Like they kind of like are, are almost prepared to do it on some level, which is great. Like I never think to myself when I start my car, all right, if I crash, here's how I do right. It. Here's what I'm gonna do. I never think about that. And you know, you you you're involved in an accident in your car at 25 miles per hour, and everyone primarily is going to be okay. Now, don't get me wrong; you can point to accidents where where people die at that many speed. Times, sure. But if that happens to you on a motorcycle, because like you said, this woman turning into an apartment complex, I can't assume she was tearing through at 55 miles per hour. She was probably you know 30, 35 uh, at the most, making yeah. that left hand turn. I mean, probably more likely 15. And that right there was enough. Now, if she was drunk, that's obviously on See, her. And like that's what I'm saying. I, the situation. I think if she was drunk, she was probably going faster, and she realized she was going, listening to the radio, singing along, started to make the left turn, and didn't see him before she made the turn, and then hit him. That's what I think happened. But I, again, that's what I think happened. This is uh, from a quick Google result here, but um, motorcycle helmets are about 37 percent effective in preventing in preventing motorcycle deaths. That's so, pretty high. So I mean, like a significant increase like, of survival. I mean, there. that's almost. 40%. That's pretty high. Yeah, that's not bad. So here's the... 
I look. I don't. I understand wanting to be on a motorcycle and not have the helmet. That part I do get. Is Here's it just what the I feeling? don't get. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. The, just the feeling. It's not like safer. You can't make the argument of well, I can see better or anything. No, because they make multiple kinds of helmets. You don't have okay. to work a full shell. They have half okay. shells. You can. You know what I mean? There's there's workarounds on that. Okay. But I get the desire to ride a motorcycle and not wear a helmet. As a guy who's ridden a, I don't ride currently, but I have ridden them. I get the desire to do it without a helmet. I really do. Because the whole thing's about freedom. It's about badassery. And then now all of a sudden you feel like, whoa, it's about, you know what I mean? It's about being a 1% or outlaw or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm different. Let those who ride, just, you know what I mean? And now all of a sudden you're putting the safety protective thing on. It does. It feels like a little anticlimactic to what it is you're trying to do. I totally get it. Okay. However, from a, from a, from a municipal standpoint, if the seatbelt law is only there because they want your money. That's like legitimately the only reason the seatbelt's there. They don't care about you. They don't care about keeping you. They care about your money. So if that's true, which we all know it is, then I would just assume then Ohio would want the same thing with helmets. Hey, that guy's not wearing a helmet. Pull him over. Give him the $150 ticket. Like I would just assume the state would want their money from that. Like that's why. So I don't know how this happened. Well, I guess uh, I uh, like did a bunch of bikers get together and be like, "Wait, hey, we're voting this down. Make sure you know get out the vote." Like, did that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the biker lobby. I I don't know. I genuinely. This is one of those things that it's it's so far out of my wheelhouse that it, to me it seems very obvious. But I'm sure there's somebody going to send something in where it's like, "You idiots aren't thinking of this. You don't ride. You don't know. You know what I mean?" Well, like I asked that's my brother uh, once, and dude, he'll wear a helmet. Like, you know, and I said to him, I was like, dude, I'm like, why? He's like, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. He's like, you really should. And I said, is it that much of a difference? And he's like, no. He's like, not really. He was like, you know, the wind and all that. He's like, but he has like one of those half shells. He's like, I still feel the wind in my face. I still have to wear sunglasses because of bugs and all that stuff. He's like, nah, dude. He's like, I I do it because, you know, I got a wife and a kid and I want to come home. He was like, you know, I like to ride. And he's one of those dude when he gets like, he won't ride his motorcycle to the store. If he gets on it, he's going 300 miles minimum. Like, that's just the way he is. And he won't wash it. He won't. I mean, dude, he's like, I'll wash my bike. I ride it. He's like one of those. My brother's like one of those. But, he, you know, he kind of like will dispel that whole like the, you're not like free if you got the helmet on because ultimately today what he wants is to come home is ultimately what he's looking for. You're making a bunch of mistakes with your underwear. We're going to fix it. That will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. 8.30. Pass out those Rob Zombie Marilyn Manson tickets for their show, July 17th. Blossom. Man, what a good night that is. They said it could never happen. Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Okay. I don't care who told you it couldn't. It's going down. No, that's going to be an awesome show, dude. No question about it. Uh, Twitter seems to tell me, uh, again, I'm always bitching about the think piece. There's a think piece out there that says, Star Wars, we need to discuss your white woman brunette obsession. No, we really don't. Right. <laughs> no, no, we really do not. We'll just skip that one then. Oh my God, dude, the internet. Oh. It could be used for so good, but instead, we do that with it. Apparently, people are making huge mistakes with their underwear. Okay. I'm willing to bet a lot of you listening right now are wearing the underwear you had on your body yesterday. Either you went to sleep in them and then woke up and were like, screw it, I'm not changing them, and you just went, or you had them on all day yesterday, you're a dirty person, and you're like, screw it, I'm wearing them today. But I've been around in Canton, I've been out, I've been driving around, I've seen some of you, there's there's some multiple days of underwear going on. Okay. 
I, I can't. I, I understand that, dude, in a desperate situation, how maybe you'd find yourself there. But like big picture, I mean, I what do you have? Twenty pairs of underwear. Oh, I have way more now. So at this point, it's like, well, how how are you running into this problem on a regular basis? Like, go to your laundry, homie. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I, I, I although I will tell you, there are times where I will take a shower at like eight thirty at night, and then I'll put a pair on, go to bed, and then wake up, and then sometimes I'll forget, and then I'll just walk right, right out the door. That does happen to me. Twenty four hours, I think, is the hard limit there. Once they come off your body, though, after twelve, there's no way you can put them on. Oh no 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 no! If I take them off my body, right? They're not going back on. <sighs> Like, here's the thing. Okay. okay. Like, I can wake up Saturday morning. Right. Not have been dirty or anything. Take a shower. But I'm not putting the clothes back on. No. I'm not even putting. I, like, I won't even put the clothes. I slept, like, relaxing around my apartment clothes back on the next day. Um, I would throw the same pair of basketball shorts back I on. I can. It's not like a hard. What I'm saying is most times I don't, though. Okay. I'll throw them away and I'll go into the closet, grab another version of that. So, because that's just how I am with that kind of stuff. So I'm not doing it a whole lot with my underwear. The reason why I say this, dude, is that, dude, apparently when the, the average pair of dirty underwear yeah. contains a full gram of feces. <clears throat> now, gram. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll focus on the one gram. Okay. Not a lot of weed. Decent amount of cocaine, way too much poop. <laughs> right? Like, welcome to the gram scale, bro. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. It's way more than enough poop. Way more. That was good, buddy. You're supposed to you're supposed to <laughs> supposed to wash them on high heat at 150 to 160 degrees. So like a pork tenderloin. You, <laughs> yeah, you got to get them in the pork like 160. That sounds that sounds right. Oh, right. I, I think no matter what you wash at, drying's always going to be the thing that really disinfects there. It's because you're the getting heat. into that super high heat. And For that's guys, all you got heat left. means clean. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's that's the only thing that you can you can do unless you're putting your underwear in like the freezer to kill that bacteria. You got to do something to get those things out of there. Um, I'm trying to think of when the last time I wore underwear more than one day, and honestly, it, it was. Years, rock on the range. Years ago, something like that, probably camping. Yeah, something like that, where 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 you're in a situation where you don't have the necessities in front of you. There, they say buying the wrong color of underwear is a mistake a lot of people make, and they say, dude, everything shows stains easily, especially something that wraps your ass. So maybe what you should do there is go for the darker colors, and I do. Yes, you want darker colors in the underwear mix there, but if you're really running into skid marks and problems like that on a regular basis, no underwear is going to fix that. You need to start wiping your ass better. Sure. Yes, I, I don't disagree. I want everybody to wipe their ass like, better than like, they are today. Like that's the thing is is I, I mean it's like driving. Everybody can get better at it. Right. There's none of us that are perfect. <laughs> Let's not all act like none of us have made a mistake. But on a day to day basis, put the phone down and take care of what's in front of you. Here's the other thing I can tell you is that like the like the, like the baby wipes are a good idea. And dude, let me tell you, the gold bond. It does wonders for the underwear game because, dude, you're sweating less, right? And so, like, stuff just stays nicer. I um, I've talked about this in the past. Um, if 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 you are worried about those baby wipes clogging up your your plumbing, uh, just go buy some witch hazel, and you can just pour that directly onto the toilet paper, and essentially, it's the same thing. It's just flushable at that point, and you have a much cleaner ass because of it. Witch hazel. Witch hazel. Yeah, you can do it at any grocery store, any any Walmart, anything like over by like where they have like. 
hydrogen peroxide. Now, don't mix the two up because you're going to get into two, oh. very, two very different cleaning things there. But, like, yeah, witch hazel, it's just you're doing the same thing. You've got the, the wetness because that's a part of it, dude. You can't just you can't just use dry toilet paper and expect to get 100% clean. But you're not going to clog anything up that way. Microfiber underwear are all the rage right now. Right. And apparently, dude, they're $34 for a pack of three. And this is a question I've always had. Why is the price of everything coming down except for socks and underwear? Like, dude, you go to Walmart. Sorry, like, dude, I'll go to Walmart to buy that stuff. Right. right? And, dude, you'll just buy, like, one pack of each, and then you get to the counter, and the chick's, like, $47. I'm like, what? It's like five. It's like six pairs of socks. It is expensive. I don't, I don't know why, but both those things are too expensive, in my opinion. I don't understand. When everything else, and literally everything else is, you know, like, hey, dude, we got the dollar pack of this right here. You're right. It's like, well, dude, why am I spending, you know, $13 on three pairs of underwear? I got here? a $7 t-shirt on. Why the hell are my underwear $34? <laughs> I don't understand it. A lot of you are paying child support. The laws in Ohio are changing. We'll find out if they benefit you next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Do that at 8. And then at 8.30, pass out those Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson tickets. That show July 17th. I don't know what the percentage is, but my guess is it's pretty high given the fact that the divorce rate is normally pretty high. But I'm trying to figure out what the percentage rate of people listening right now that have to pay child support is. I'm guessing pretty high. Although a lot of you listening are women, and, I'm, and I don't know if this is true or not, or maybe just the way that I'm led to believe, but that I'm guessing most men are paying child support. Yes, but if if we're saying most people in listening are involved one way or another, either receiving or or that's paying, a good way to do it. That's yeah, a good way to do I, it. I would say, and if we say, and if we're just looking at men exclusively, what percentage of them are paying child support? Got to be pretty damn high, right? Thirty five percent, thirty five, forty of men of men are paying child support right now. Stark County listening. Right, well, right let's now. let's set it up the right way, which is are supposed to be paying child support. Okay, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I bet that is 35. The ones that are actually going through and paying it, because I, I constantly hear about what a problem that is, um, I'm guessing a little lower than that. Now, I don't have any children. Neither does Fantone. Fingers so crossed. I've never done this, but I have worked once upon a time um, with a guy who had some kids. And as a matter of fact, when he left his job in Pittsburgh and then came to Ohio to work with me, his pay went up. And his ex-wife had found out and then sure enough called the court and next thing you know she took like a ton of that new money now he would always bitch she doesn't spend it on the kid she bought herself a new car and i i always said it was like well dude isn't her buying herself a new car spending the money on the kid like the kid needs to go back and forth to things she needs to make sure she's not breaking down on the freeway and make dude you really want your four-year-old on the side of the freeway and then you know what i mean like a car is a decent thing to buy i think those both those things can be true you guys can both be right there where there's obviously like yes where your point is saying that you want a safe reliable vehicle for your child but it doesn't have to be a brand new but car. you could also exploit that for sure sure and she did. Like, this woman did take advantage of the fact that he made good money. It did. It happened all the time. And I'm sure a lot of you are dealing with that. As a matter of fact, I bet right now, another thing that's happening right now is a guy who's screaming at the radio about how the fact that he should be able to see his kids, he always does pay, and yet the woman still won't let him near him, and like that whole thing. And dude, that stuff gets messy. Affairs of the heart get messy. All right? But apparently there's going to be some changes to child support laws in Ohio. So if this goes into effect, these are some changes you might see, they're saying. 
there's got to be something that changes. I don't know what we're about to get into here, but it's just everyone who's involved in this it claims how broken it is constantly, right? I mean, do you ever hear somebody say, you know what, this is working really, really well, actually? No, but it, but but I wonder how much of that is they're taking money out of my check and I just wish they weren't. Okay. Right, so I'm sure okay. that that You're makes right. you feel negatively right. about it. So, like, I, I don't know. But they say here you could pay less child support if you don't have... I'm guessing this is supposed to be a lot of income, There's, a, but this is misspelled here. If your annual pay is $14,000 or less, your support payment would be calculated to not exceed your income or leave you without a cushion, meaning you could not then have like $11,000 worth of child support to pay throughout the year. Right. Right. God, dude. First and foremost, how is anybody... Anybody living on twelve thousand dollars? They're not. I, good God, That's, dude! They're, they, they may be working for that. Oof. They're not living on it. Oof. The Ohio Department of Job and Family Services is rewinding the table. That is uh, the, the starting point of your payment. Okay, this is another one that's going to be interesting. If you spend more time with your child, your support payment might decrease. So, is this then an incentive of? Dude, you need to do more than one weekend a month and we'll decrease this. Or because you're already spending this much time with your kid, you're basically co, you know what I mean? Co, I mean, you're always co-parenting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm failing for a way to phrase that properly. But like if you're actually spending it, let's say you're perfectly splitting it down the middle, then you don't pay as much. Or is this an incentive to get you to start spending more money? I don't know. With the way it's written there, I don't, it's not real clear to me. I would kind of hope there's a little bit of reward for both of those there where, I, I I mean certainly if you have you know if you have you know custody if you both have like equal custody there well then yeah we're really getting into a debate of whether who should be paying for what but like even if this is just like hey you haven't been around in the past five years but now all of a sudden if you do start showing up once a week for court supervised you're going to have to pay less I, I feel like that's a step in the right direction right. I think you like that because of what the end result is, but I'm not sure forcing families together is the right thing. But not forcing. I mean, you, this is your this is your option here. You can either pay the bill or you can. Yeah, I'm saying though, dude, is like if people want to spend time with their kids, I want it to come from a place because they want to be with their children. I think if you're doing it because it's going to save you money in the end, you're probably going to do more harm to your kid than not. But I don't know that. It's just the way I feel about it. So. I take your point, but I wouldn't, you know what I want to say? I won't, I don't want my relationship to be that way. I would want to spend time with my child because I want to spend time with my child. No, ideally you should never be forced into these situations. You shouldn't be forced, you shouldn't be forced to pay child support. This money should come out of your pocket willingly, right? I mean, yes. Now this one, I think women are not going to like, because most of the time you're the one who has the kid and you're the one that gets the money. And I've been told this, and again, I don't know, but I've been told this, that in Ohio, it is very, very, very hard for a man to walk away from the separation and get custody of his kids. As a matter of fact, most people tell me that if in Ohio the man has the kids, that tells you everything you need to know about the woman. Okay. And I was like, okay, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's true or not or this and that. But the parent who then receives child support will be responsible for providing the health insurance. Yeah, you're not going to love that. The person who pays for the insurance then could deduct the cost from their annual income when calculating the child support. Yeah, people aren't going to be happy about that. As a matter of fact, my buddy right now not only pays child support, but then pays the health insurance on top of it. He's getting kind of railroaded right now. I, I mean, 
I, I guess if you are the one with full custody of the child, that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I well, where's the kid at most? There's, there's, there's a part of me that, that wants to say, well, which one of you can give them a better option? Because if you, as the father, have a great insure, job, can ensure your child through something, and, and it would be better. I want to say that, but if we're getting down to laws, then probably the person who has custody needs to be in, in control of that. They say child support will pay for daycare, but a cap will be put into place and calculated child support payments if you pay child support on multiple people man there are so many errors in the way this is written you may see higher payments these changes mean that each child would get a standard amount rather than the current system that gives a larger amount to the first child whose parents files for support oh so if you got like three kids and that lady files first then they get the most money and they go after this what they're going to do this is just standardize the amount you know it probably makes sense because i mean yeah for all you sean kemp's out there i'm sure you love it well i mean your kids all of your kids are equally you know worthy of this cause just because you're third born and your mom didn't didn't necessarily fill out that paperwork in time you should still get an equal cut right i'm willing to bet if you gave up your kid and gave them to gave it to the other parent gave it that sounds so terrible um, to, to the other parent and paid the child support, but they had to pay for the health insurance. I bet you come out ahead. How much you want to bet we're going to see people swatching like you know residences with their children because of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to bet it's a lot. I, what a what a what a very tangled web of finances this all is because you start throwing you're right insurance in there, child care in there, and then just paying the kids, paying right. Shoes, I mean, all, all that stuff. You're right. Somewhere along the line, people are going to be looking for how do I make out best here, dude. This guy just wrote in. Jason writes in and says he pays a thousand dollars. Month on three kids. Wow. But, 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 dude, if that's all you're paying on three kids, I guarantee you. If 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 you if you had all three of those kids with you every single day, it's going to be a lot more expensive than a thousand bucks a month, right? Uh, yeah. You're spending more than three hundred and thirty-three bucks on your kid every month, right? You're spending more than ten bucks a day on your kid every day, right? I mean, are you? I, 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 just feeding the kid alone, right? What are you, not giving your kid $10 worth of food every day? Yeah. I mean, you make the argument the food's there. You go shopping multiple times. Things accumulate in the, in the cupboard. So, like, do you really ultimately per day? I don't know. I uh, $1,000 a month sounds... Honestly, dude, like, my buddy had one kid. And he was paying like seven seventy five. Yeah, a thousand dollars doesn't sound like that much. He made a bunch free. of money though. Like he made a bunch of money, and that's how it was calculated. It was and and again, I'm not. Well, yeah, it probably should be done that way. I mean, how is she gonna make it fair? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I guess it's complicated at this point because at the end of the day, you, the male, are still responsible for for your half of this. Like, there's no question about that. Like, I don't want to start making excuses of like, well, dude, no, you shouldn't have to do this because you were the one who did not wear a condom, had sex with her, and had a child. So, like, there's still responsibility on on your end here. It's just very obvious this system does need to get. Oh, fixed. it needs to be reworked there, for sure. There, there's there's no doubt. Anthony writes in says. I pay child support and I'm also required to provide the health insurance currently, which means I pay a couple hundred dollars extra every month and my insurance keeps going up every few months. That's problematic. That is. That is problematic. These changes are going to happen. And apparently, according to Cleveland19.com, these changes will go into effect with your child support payments in about nine months from right now. If you're paying child support, pay attention because things are about to shake up. Turns out. 
Cavs fans think they're better and stronger than Lakers fans. I'll explain why you're not next on the Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We started this morning out by, uh, well, getting into pretty much yelling at the Ohio sports fan. And they're just soft. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Like People felt like Stipe got robbed the other night. He didn't get robbed. He got knocked out. How do you get robbed when you got knocked out? You mentioned that he got poked in the eye. I didn't necessarily see that, but that's not like an instant disqualifier, right? No, it happens. It, dude, it's, it's, like, it's like holding on an offensive line. It's okay. one of those things where it happens so much, like unless somebody's, unless it's blatant, you're kind of like, yeah, man, it's going to happen. You're reaching for each other. You're kind of going, yeah. things are going to happen. It was not intentional. DC's a lot of things. Daniel Cormier's a lot of things. He's not a dirty fighter. It's, dude, the guy's fought in too many fights for th- this to be like he's a dirty fighter now. Like there, there's never been a shred of it in, in the ten plus years the guy's fought. But now because the guy from Northeast Ohio lost, and that's kind of my what was my problem with it is is that you don't care about the sport. You just wanted the guy from where you live to have won. That way you feel as if you have pride in where you are. Ohio, I, you're gonna have to get this figured out for yourself. But you're gonna have to find pride in yourself and where you live that is not connected to your sports. Because I don't even know why the hell you have it at all. You won one thing. It was three years ago, and you didn't win it. As a matter of fact, the team wasn't even dude. What we had the best player in the world. That's why we won it. And 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 everybody hates when I point this out. Draymond Green doesn't get suspended in Game Five. You probably don't win it. Ooh ooh ooh. ooh. I don't know why your pride is associated with the sports. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, one championship in 60 years, 60, I mean, 60 plus years we're talking about here. You got to find something else to define yourself on. Like Exactly right. So the fan base is what we're going after again now. Okay. Because the best player in basketball has left and he went to the Los Angeles Lakers. He'll never go play in the West. There he is. I told you he was leaving. I told you he was going to go to the Western Conference and there he is. And for the record, you know why he went to the Western Conference? Because the conversation in the East is that there's no competition in it. And he got sick of hearing about the fact that he went to eight straight finals because nobody in the East could come close. At some point, when you can't win the conversation they're currently having, you have to change the conversation. And that's why he left. Okay, But they built up like this LeBron mural in Los Angeles. Like somebody had like, I, I, I think it was like, I don't want to say spray painted, but it definitely looked like it was like a graffiti guy kind of like had done it, right? And so somebody defaced it. You can actually see a photo of this at WRQK.com in the Sands Ratio section there. And somebody, you know, posted his finals record three and six or whatever the hell it is and says, you know, there's no king here or whatever and this and that. And so now the Cleveland sports fan feels like this gives you license to be like, see, LeBron, you went to a franchise full of front-running losers, and the Lakers are trash. And I kept saying this last night on Twitter to people. I kept arguing with people. The Lakers have the strongest brand in the NBA. They've been terrible for six years, and they still have the strongest brand in the NBA. Lakers game on TV, it's going to draw ratings. They also have one of the best legacies in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, big picture, yes, you are 100% correct there. To look at the past like year and just be like, well, but they suck. That's why they're, 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 they're totally irrelevant. No, I mean, as, I mean, a, they still as, sell tickets. as a brand, they're, they're always relevant. I mean, just based on the fact of like, they're a 
they're they're a team that's mattered since the beginning of the league. I mean, elite teams that, in every decade of the league they have a star in it. Yes, teams that teams that have been have been you know relevant for decades upon decades. They have like a little bit of you can go through a dry spell, you can go through a drought, and you still are the Lakers. The Lakers all team all time team might beat might beat the USA Dream Team. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, oh, y- yes, you're in a debate there. Yes, that is not. That's not like. It'd be a game you'd watch. It'd be like, I want to see how this turns out. Yeah, I mean, one of the all-time great teams, and just because you haven't been relevant over the past decade doesn't wipe away everything else that's happened. No, in your that's history. why he went there. It's one of the strongest brands in the NBA. People are telling me now, well, the Lakers brand's only strong because LeBron's there. No, dude, you're 15 years old, <laughs> and that's why you feel that way. You're too young to understand. Now, you can definitely make the argument of like, well, how much losing can a team hold on to before they become irrelevant? Because it's like the Knicks can, I mean, are the Knicks irrelevant at this point? Because they feel irrelevant. Are the Chicago Bears irrelevant at this point? Because they feel irrelevant. Uh, you know what? That's the best argument I've heard. But, and the Lakers kind of fit this too. Yes and no, Fantone. Because you're just. You can awaken that giant easy. The Dallas Cowboys are like this in football, where even when they're not good, people pay attention and they like it. And I think people in New York probably still really love the Knicks, and I think people probably still watch the Knicks and probably the Lakers the same way. Cowboys, the same thing. But when you're good, it's even that much better. Because what happens is is then those teams actually build bandwagons. LeBron built a bandwagon here. Those, those, weren't, those weren't calves bandwagon fans. Those were LeBron bandwagon fans. And now that bandwagon's gone and now in LA. The Lakers and Knicks actually when they're good, people in, you know, Pennsylvania and Ohio and Tennessee, you start to care because those are the brands. Dude, Boston, these are the NBA brands that matter. It's basically the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, and there's got to be one more. But that's really it. I keep trying to tell you. All these leagues, the big problem is too many teams. Nobody cares. You need to streamline it down. I don't know what the hell we're doing with more than 16 NBA teams. I, I really don't. I really don't have any idea what the hell we're doing with that. I, it, it, it's a mess. But this pretending that you're better fans because you didn't spray paint a billboard. Somebody was like, well, you know, the LeBron billboard in Cleveland never got defaced. It's 10 stories high. It's 10 stories high. This mural was walking level on a sidewalk. Now, I, I know there was somebody, there was some like NBA blogger or something on Twitter that said like he took a picture of it and said, hey, 300 bucks to whoever comes out here and defaces this LeBron because Kobe, Kobe super fans are 100% like offended by this. They're 100% like you don't come in here and say you're the king of L.A. Kobe Bryant is the king of L.A. Um, so is he? Well, I mean, it's in his fans. I mean, if you grew up, if you grew up watching him as a Laker, then yeah, I'm sure that that is how you feel. That is probably what what your thoughts are there. Yeah, I, okay, I guess um, I can see that. But 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 with that being said, like this isn't this isn't because somebody went out and did this. This isn't a damnation on the entire Lakers fan base. Just like when somebody burnt a LeBron jersey, that wasn't a damnation, not an accurate damnation of the entire Cavaliers fan base. Like one person can go. Do do something and be held accountable for Do that. Do they know who did this? I do not know if they know who okay. is the person who did it now. Because let me float this idea. Isn't it possible? Isn't it quite possible that the fan base of the other NBA franchise in Los Angeles was maybe pissed he didn't choose the Clippers? 
So maybe isn't it possible this is a rogue Clippers fan who's mad and wants to talk trash on the best player in the game because he didn't choose their Los Angeles team? So I float that idea last night. So I float it, right? I float it. And then, of course, Twitter then gives me this because this is what Twitter does. There's no such thing as a Clippers fan. Meanwhile, dude, I know, personally, know three, three season ticket Los Angeles Clippers fans. My friend Heather, her dad, is a Los Angeles Clippers season ticket holder. Has been for 10 plus years. You, this, I've been saying this forever. People who have never been in Los Angeles misunderstand Los Angeles. I'll give you a perfect, I'll give you a non-sports example. For those of you that have never been to LA, you think Rodeo Drive is like this huge, big monstrosity. It's just massive. It's not. It's about three quarters of a mile long, and if you blink, you would miss Rodeo. You would never see it. If you blink, you go right by it. You never miss it. But on TV, it looks bigger in life. If you actually drive by it, it's like, oh God, we just totally missed it. It's right there. It's, it, dude, you just you misunderstand Los Angeles. And they are less connected to the sports than we are. I honestly think that this was just somebody who's just a jerk. And had that LeBron banner been at walking level on a sidewalk, it would have happened here too. What, you, don't, you don't think trash people live here? I know the guy that burned that LeBron jersey was on TV. Trust me. You, dude, not all that high quality of a dude. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I don't understand. You are not any more of a stronger fan base than anybody else. As a matter of fact, I'll make the argument. And I've been making it all morning. You're weaker than most because the one moment something doesn't go your way, we got screwed because you're a whiny crybaby. He's gone, dude. If you would have been listening to this show for a year, you would have known a year ago it was happening because I told you this was happening. I told you this was going down. You're not a stronger fan base than the Los Angeles Lakers. That team has always mattered, does matter, will always matter. When they're not good, when they don't have players, Jack Jack Nicholson is still front and center. Still front and center. You think LeBron's not here? You think Beyonce and Jay-Z are coming to this game? You just think Jason Day and his wife are going to be sitting courtside? You think Bubba Watson's sitting courtside anymore? No. Crickets. It'll be nothing. Nothing. The Lakers always matter. Don't try to tell me the Lakers. I, dude, it's like dude, the arguments that people come up with, the mental gymnastics you will do to not just cry and be sad over the fact that he left, even though you're a grown person and shouldn't, will never ever cease to amaze me. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Sansbury Show. Okay, let's have a party. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Sansbury Show, and with all the UFC action that happened this past weekend, dude, everyone's got MMA on the brain. And the good thing is, is you don't have to wait long. Fight night at Nautica. It all goes down Saturday, August 18th. That's right. Cleveland, Ohio is the place Honor Fighting Championship. They are bringing MMA action back to the flats. And if you've never been to an Honor, you've never been fighting championship event before dude let fight night be the first there's going to be title fights there's going to be women fights the vanilla gorilla nick brashear super heavyweight champion he's going to be in his first pro bout ever you don't want to miss out so get your tickets now they are available at honorfightingchampionship.com 106.9 welcome back to the sands ray show we're on rock 106.9 ron live for you at wrqk.com coming up at eight o'clock we'll talk to scott from winning for next year.com 8 30 pass out those rob zombie marilyn manson tickets also at 8 30 we're going to teach you how to become a millionaire okay it's going to take a few years all right like this isn't like hey today we're going to teach you this and then by the end of the day you'll be a millionaire no no no. but if you follow this you can become a millionaire and actually i've read about this once before in a book i've always always 
like just sing the praises of Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey was a book that totally helped my financial situation. And he gave this piece of advice in here. And so when I read it in this article, I was like, you know what? More people need to hear about this. So at 8.30, we're going to do that. I can't wait to talk to Scott today. Um, Because I believe it is, you got, is it five Indians? Yeah. Are on the Major League Baseball All-Star team? Mm -hmm. So, man, we like super teams as long as they're ours, right? Man, super teams aren't so bad when they're ours. You get five five guys going to an all-star game. I wonder what kind of constitutes a baseball. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think obviously, now this is a long time ago, but in the early 90s, I mean, every starting position on that Major League All-Star game was an Indian. I mean, that was a super team. If you never win, if you never win a championship, are you a super team still? Just an interesting, you know, what do we define these as? Well, it's different, but you can be a super group and not have a number one hit single. Okay. Just, I guess, I guess it's what do you define this as? Because to me, you're not a super team until you win a championship. You know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, all right, now what are we getting into? You don't win anything. You don't, you don't get any. I, I think. I mean, well, it's hard because the Warriors have won. Right. Um, Dominated three out of four years. I mean, yeah, that's. I, they might not be getting enough credit to be honest with you. Um, I know that's hard to say here. It's hard to even think about because how annoying they can be. But, but it's it's nice now. It's nice now that the Cavs are out of contention. You can look at it and be like, "All right, that is amazing." It's a lot easier for me to say that as a Cavs fan. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. As, as somebody who hates the Warriors, and I will continue to hate the Warriors and cheer against them, but I can at least look at it now and be like, "All right, that's pretty damn." Good. Like you won't even buy stuff that Steph Curry endorses, right? No, won't buy stuff that Steph Curry endorses. Nope not 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 involved in the greed, not involved in Brita, not involved in any of the stuff that he does. Oh man, I'm out on that. I got two Britas, and I won't let them go. There was points of 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 that Cavaliers and Warriors run in the last four years, like, I wouldn't eat, like, I'd go to Basil and I'd be like, oh, I could get, like, you know, the the curry, and I'm like, no, you can't. What are you talking about, idiot? All right, that's way too far. Uh, Watch a little bit of Cavaliers Summer League basketball, and I know absolutely nobody cares, so I'll just stop it right there over the weekend. Was it good? (laughs) Um, It was exciting to watch and exciting in the sense of, like... Did, what's his name? Did the new kid play? Colin Colin played, yeah. He played pretty decently. Um, Does he look good? Yeah, I mean, looked good, like, was, you know, an efficient player, was able to do it on both ends. I mean, there were some shooting issues, but it's like, dude, it's your first game in Summer League. It's okay. Like, you got to give these guys time. So, I mean, it was all right. I didn't mean to do this, but... Here we go. Like, I keep reading this thing. What do you got? LeBron doesn't care about basketball, obviously. That's why he went to the Lakers. He cares about his movie career. He had been in a couple of movies. Yeah. He signed Space Jam when he was here. Yeah. Guys, he's LeBron... James, I don't care where he he could legitimately retire from basketball. They're going to put him in movies. He doesn't have to be a Laker to be in movies. Like I don't understand this. Like there's a little bit of me that's almost happy because this is how I keep getting ahead. This is how my life ends up always being okay. It's because I can I can reasonably think stuff out, and I you know what I mean. So I'm happy that a lot of people can't do that because it's it's how other people succeed. I'm all for it, but at the same time, dude, now that we have to read every thought that comes out of everybody's head, it just gets to be to the point where it's like, oh my god, this is what's going on out there. It um it's it's going to remain a bit of a question mark in what his you know what went into his equation here because you're right, he didn't have to go there to be a movie star. He didn't go there for basketball reasons. I don't know. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. Again, his team keeps saying, guys, there is another massive move coming. They keep saying it. 
And I believe that. I believe there's another move coming. I also believe he went there under the thinking that maybe we might not get Kawhi until next year. And that people are going, well, he's going to throw a year away. He was going to throw the year away here. So where would you throw it away? I would throw it away somewhere else. You know what I mean? Go sign a one-year deal, one-and-one somewhere else where it's like, okay, now I can do this, where I can actually go do something. I'd go play in Philly. I mean, like, if you're really getting down to it, that's that's where I'd be like, all right, well, that makes sense. I Philly makes more basketball sense. There must be something about that situation he doesn't like. My guess is it's the GM situation and that they haven't hired a new one. Right? Like, isn't that thing still, like like, twirling in the wind? My guess is it was that. That Philly was maybe in it until some of that, and then they didn't handle that properly, and he was like, okay, you guys aren't buttoned up. And ultimately, what it, what it really came down to is it was Magic Johnson. It was Magic. Magic is one of these guys that has left sports and has, been, has become more successful after sports. That is a very rare story for an athlete. And LeBron, I think, is looking at Magic and going, I'm going to follow the Magic model. And so let me go be with Magic. Magic can help me with the magic model. So, yes, it's a little bit about outside basketball stuff. But if you don't think they're going to make moves and make that team very good, I just think, honestly, you're not paying close enough attention. You're just not paying close enough attention to who LeBron is, what the NBA is, who Magic is, and what the whole situation is. We'll talk to Scott about it. We'll wrap all of it up. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We do it every Monday at 8. We talk to my good buddy, Scott, from WinningForNextYear.com, at WFNY. Scott is how you follow him on Twitter. My man, how are you this morning? Doing good, man. Just coming off vacation here. It's it's, uh, it's going to be tough to go back, but it was a hell of a week. Yeah, man, yeah. Coming back after vacation is always tough. I uh, I want to talk to you about this. I'm sure you've already heard about it. You stay uh, up to date on all things. Um, but there was a mural from LeBron or of LeBron in L.A., and it's already been defaced. And now Cleveland fans are running around now telling me how they're so much better than Lakers fans. And I think you and I kind of agree on this, where I don't know where the Cleveland sports fan got the notion that they're the best fans in the world. I don't know where they got it. Um, They're as front-runny as any other fan base of anything I've ever seen, outside of the Browns. Um, But, like... Dude, when the Cavs weren't good, it's not like the the queue was flooded. Like, where does where does Ohio get this like false sense of great fandom from? Well, it's like the old Phil Nicholson joke, right? It's I'm I'm, I'm good. Just ask me, right? It's I mean they we have the we we do have a notion where and I and I'm I'm a Cleveland fan, and yes. but I, I've also I've also tailgated in Green Bay, and and I know that as much as. You know, Browns fans think they have the best tailgates in the world. Not even close. <laughs> not, 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 not even no, close. I've been to Buffalo. And you know, close. and and and, and we're, we're the first ones to get upset when, you know, Soldier Field or Green Bay or where all these you know other you know ball Buffalo, um, you know, has has you know it's either their tailgate scenes on Twitter every Sunday. Um, you know, I've been down at the stadium, you know, the home opener, great great tailgate, but you go three four weeks in and the, and those crowds start to dissipate pretty quick. Um, I get it. The Browns are awful, and it's cold, so and it you know sometimes it's not worth it. But you, but you, just, you but you can't you can't have it both ways. The the, the mural thing, it's 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 disappointing um, because Cleveland fans would give anything to have that guy back here, and and L A. It's 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 that and that's that's what everybody keeps kept saying about L A. Right? It's 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 Showtime Lakers. It's Kobe. It's it's Shaq. It's Kareem. It's it's you know they they have a legacy beyond him. 
there, and it's going to be tough for him to chip away at that. Um, you know, now is it a little extreme? I think so. I think that defacing the mural is the same thing as the jersey burning. I don't think it's necessarily representative of you know a fan base as much as it is you know just a, a couple losers with with uh, the desire to to record videos of things and then share and try to go viral. So and it's it's not a referendum on any fan base, but it it is definitely a sign that LeBron's going to have his work cut out for him if he thinks he's going to be as, as universally embraced as he was here. Uh, we're uh, talking to Scott from winning for next year.com. I think that there's a little bit, I think there's some truth to what you're saying, but I also think this, that it's easy for them to feel the way they feel right now in the off season. He wins three games in a row. They're, they're going to love him. I mean, once, once he puts the Jersey on and he's winning games for them, they're going to love him. I also think that there's a possibility. It wasn't a Lakers fan that it could have been a disgruntled Clippers fan that did it. I also think that's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, now we're getting kind of into conspiracy theories, but I mean, it's, it's again, we don't know who it was now that said the, the Lakers, you know, feeds that were sharing it. You know, there, there's a lot of, you know, you know, people with Lakers fans in their bio who aren't very happy about LeBron being there. And there's a reason why when they, when they fixed it, they got rid of the of, and it just says King LA instead of King of LA. You know, so there's a lot of, you know, I, I, I do think that there are some unhappy Laker fans that, that are saying this guy's just going to waltz in here and think he's one of us right away, which, you know, again, he's going he's got, he's to have, have some work to do with some of the fan base. But to your point, the, the fan base in large, I think, is, is going to be very welcoming of him. Which, once again, goes to just show the strength of the Lakers brand and the Lakers legacy right there. When you talk right. about you, you, LeBron James, the greatest player in the game of all time, in my opinion, can't just walk in there like he's the king of that, of that, of that franchise. I mean, any other franchise, primarily, we're talking about, yes, you are the best player in the history of that game. But now, all of a sudden, dude, you're, you're competing with Magic, you're competing with Kareem, Kareem. You're competing with Kobe Bryant. I mean, so so you, you 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 you've really added a lot of uh, complaints that people can make about you, yeah. I guess. And really, what it comes down to for me is just like Cleveland fans. Like, it's not all a conspiracy. It's not all a slight against you. Just because Hubie Brown said that the Raptors are playing good, or Joe Buck said, "Wow, look at Aaron Judge out there," that doesn't mean that everyone's out to get you. Just because Steve got got his his head knocked off doesn't mean that 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 you know that. No. The UFC rigged a knockout. Right. I no, mean, they like, rigged a knockout. About Joe Rogan right. didn't go in there and like Dana White's not the guy who's deciding whether somebody gets knocked out. So if, if it's if it's so if it's so rigged against you, if it's such a problem, then it didn't count two years ago when they won, and it's not going to count in two years when the Browns are good again. I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. No. We they, we we have a very 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 sensitive fan base. Um, you know, which but. And, and the, you know, it starts off with why do you need to keep reminding us of how bad we were? Well, because of how bad you are. Yeah, you know, it's, it's bad. you know, like Scott Rabb used to say, there's no story that people want to tell more than Cleveland winning a title, you know, fi- and finally breaking that drought. But until they do, if you're not a champion, you're going to be reminded that you're not a champion. It's not. It's not. No, no, the world's not out to get you. That's just your story right now. And you know, and that, and that's you know, and that's why every every national football game where. Um, you know, they go through the 35 quarterbacks the Browns have had in the last five years. You know, and they roll, roll all the names down the screen. That's not, you know, the world out to get people or, or the world to remind people. I mean, that, that, that's the Brown story right now. And until they, until they change that, that's, you know, they're, you know, they're writing it for the networks themselves. What fans have to realize is, is that not every franchise, and I think the Browns are now, but for the longest time they weren't, not every franchise cares about winning. Not every franchise cares about titles. 
Some guys just want to own teams because it's fun to own teams, and sometimes they make money even when you lose. So not everybody's out to win all the time. Not everybody's fully committed to titles. So I don't necessarily think it's the league's out to get you, refs are out to get you. The, the my least favorite one is that that the broadcast team is out, the broadcast team's out to get you as if they could influence anything that's happening. I mean, it's just but I think they got to realize dude is that yeah, we've been through some ownerships and we've been through some management teams that didn't care if they won or lost. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's a business to a lot of these people. Um, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, and, you know, again, you know, the Browns have won one game in the last two years and their franchise value has gone up, what, 20, 25%. That's I mean, that's just, it's just, it's just the way it goes. It's such a crazy No, thing. true. And, you know, and, and, and that's the hard part. I think that's kind of been the stark reality of social media these days is, you know, a, a player, you know, re, you know, tweets about his favorite team. And just because he's a Cleveland Brown, you know, people, fans jump all over him because he's not rooting for Cleveland. And, like, that's, that's always been the case. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think just now, today, because Demarius Randall tweets about Golden State, you know, suddenly he's, you know, people are, people are jumping all over him. These guys are just employees of a, of a team that happens to play in your, in your city. You know, they're, they're not, they're not, they don't immediately become, not everybody can, is, is going to become like Joe Thomas or, you know, and, and, and immediately embrace, you know, Joe Hayden, immediately embrace everything about this town. I mean, people expect, you know, unrealistic things from some of these guys. And, and I mean, that, that goes to the management, that goes to your know, ownership, and that goes to the players themselves. I can't blame a player because these leagues show absolutely no loyalty to you whatsoever. So why is a player supposed to come here and be like, this is my town, this is where I'm from? Like, why? And first of all, and oh no, second of all, I would respect somebody less if they abandoned and forgot where they came from. Like, we've lost that in today's society with Twitter. You're absolutely right. It used to be it was something that you would herald somebody for. That, that person refuses to forget where they come from. They stay grounded in their roots. Now, because you, you're a professional athlete, we want you to forget where you came from. Yeah, We're, my roots. Take my roots. Take my roots. Right. Take my roots. Be, to, to, you know, adopt my misery, which is crazy. Now, before I let you go, we do have something to celebrate here with Cleveland sports. And this is a perfect look into the Ohio sports fan. You got something to celebrate, but instead you're going to focus on Stipe got screwed by Dana White, a guy who wasn't in the octagon. Right, got it. But the Indians now have five, five players on an all-star team. Five. So it turns out, Scott, we like super teams as long as they belong to us, right? They're very good, the Indians. Yeah, They're very good. good. But, yes, we do. We do. We, we want, uh, you know, and you, and you could argue that Jan Gomes should have probably been on there, um, given the rest of the AL catcher. But, yeah, no, we are, we are big fans of teams. When when they're good, um, and and when they when they're not good, it's it's someone somebody's out to get us, and that that's the, you know, it's it's the conspiracy way. Uh, it's it's frustrating, you know. But to your point, it's you know, it's 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 taken you know this whole segment up, but it's been one of those things where you know it's when when things suddenly don't go Cleveland's way, it's it's an issue. But yeah, no, the Indians are worth celebrating. I mean, I know we're we're gonna run up against it here, but you know, and there's a chance Jan or some of these other guys can actually sneak on. If uh, if 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 some if somebody can't go, but uh, no, Trevor Bauer has been a fantastic story, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Kluber has has been one of the best pitchers of the last decade mm-hmm. in baseball, which is great. Jose Ramirez is easily the best player, not named Mike Trout, in all of baseball. You know, and from a position standpoint, Frankie Lindor. You know, again, I think this is his third 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 All Star appearance, and the kid's in his, is still in his early twenties. 
Um, you know, they, they have a really, a really good thing going there. I just hope that they can capitalize on it, given, given how, how short contention windows can be in baseball. I mean, Baltimore KC was the, was the AL championship game in 2014, and now both those teams are some of the worst in the American League. So things can evaporate pretty quickly. You just got to make it count. All right, one quick question before I let you go. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Again, on Twitter, at WFNY Scott. What happens first? Indians win a World Series. Browns make the playoffs. Ooh. <sighs> Monday, buddy. You know, well, I mean, no, I mean, if, if we're all, if, if, if the window, if the, if the, if the windows are both starting at the same time, I would say um, Browns, I think, just because I think it's just easier to make the playoffs in football than it is to win a championship in anything. Totally um, but the Indians are just that much closer, um, you know, but the, the, the hard part is, they have to do it this year and next. You know, I think you're, you're, if, if not just this year, because Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, they have a lot of guys falling off of free agency here coming up, and it's going to be really tough to uh, replicate what they've done for this team over the last couple of years. There's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at WFNYScott or find the website w, uh, WaitingForNextYear.com. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday, 8 o'clock. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. We're going to teach you all how to become a millionaire by your early 60s, and we'll also pass out some Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson tickets next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out those Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Looking ahead at tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new 2 chains featuring Drake, new Darius Rucker, and people have been on me for weeks. And they have a new song, and apparently it's doing really well. The band is Ghost. I don't get it. I don't, I've never understood it. I don't get it. But their song is called Rats. It's doing really, really well, so we'll play that tomorrow. I don't get the Ghost thing at all. I think it's goth for college chicks, but that's just me. But we'll find out if their new one's any good tomorrow at 9 o'clock. So I have sung the praises of a book I read. That helped me with my financial life. And I always tell you that if you're going to read this book, just brace yourself because the first three chapters are all about how you screwed up. It's not about life's unfair or your boss doesn't pay you enough money or minimum wage isn't enough to afford an apartment. It's Dude, it throws all those excuses out the window and blames you the person. And the book is Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And if you follow his, he's got many, many books on fixing your money situation. That's the one I've read all the way through. I've, I've started a couple of the other ones. But if you follow his plan, it can help you save money. It has helped me turn my life around financially. And I totally believe in it. And he preaches this thing that's in this article that I want to get into. Yeah, I mean, changing your financial picture is honestly probably one of the most important things you can do. I know it feels very overwhelming and it feels like, oh my God, I can't do it. But like, it makes such a huge difference in your life. For sure. One of the things in Dave Ramsey's book that really made me like really start to pay attention to what he was trying to say was he had a quote in there that said, having a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And when I read that, I felt like a small child, like an idiot, where I was like, how did I not come 
to such a logical place on my own. Yeah, budgeting shouldn't be like something you have to be told to do. It should just kind of be a natural like, well, yeah, this is how much money I make. This is how much money goes in, how much goes out. This is a lot like drinking water where the average person is going to tell me that the that their life forces them to budget because, well, I have to pay this and I have to. That's not a budget. That's you just scraping by with your bills together. Budgeting is the money that isn't associated with bills and what to do with that and where does that go. That's a huge part of the budget I believe a lot of people are not doing. Okay. Much like drinking a gallon of water a day, most people go, I bet I'm close. You're probably not because it's one of those things you actually have to try to do it. But if you're looking to become a millionaire, let's say you're 20 right now, and if you want to be a millionaire by the time you're 65, here's all you need to do. If you're 20 years old, take $2 a day and put it away. How easy is that? Now, it's 40-some years. Yeah, easy, easy. But it's $2 a day. Easy in theory, there's going to be a point, though, when you feel like you're broke and you're going to be like, ah, dude, I got that I got that 20 bucks that I saved over the last two weeks. Oh, I can just spend that. So what I would tell you to do is there's going to be times where that's going to happen. So on the days where you could put $6 away, do it. That way, if there's a day you need to skip, then you do it. Which, by the way, putting it away means putting it in your savings account, meaning you can have it if you absolutely need it. Now, I kind of have a rule where I don't touch my savings account unless something falls out of the sky. And a $400 Scotty Cameron putter isn't something falling out of the sky. Right? right? That's the, that's me going, no, 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 I'm not buying that. I want it. I have the money in my savings account not doing it. Okay? Because I don't want I don't want to do that. But the math gets worse as you go on, obviously. Let's right. say you're 40 today. You would have to put $20.55 a day away. Between now and 65, and you could have a million dollars. Again, $20 a day isn't that much. It's a lot. And I know what you're thinking. See, where I got three kids. I got this. I know. But maybe you don't need to put 20 away. Maybe you put five away. Why do you need to have a million? You could still have some money saved by the time you do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it just it is going to go back to people are going to have a hard time focusing on the big picture when there's an immediate issue. I, I understand that, but I also think people misunderstand how much money they're wasting. Like, I, I saw this happen the other day, and I kind of got into an argument with my buddy, all right? And it ended up, it wasn't heated, but you could tell he was excited about the fact that we were going to, like, it was the end of the day and he was able to get in his car and go away because he was upset with me. Okay. But he was crying broke to me the entire time we were on the golf course. He was just crying broke. And I was like, you know, dude, what can I do? And blah, 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 and this and that. And I was like, well, I was like, let's, let's, let's look at your life. Like, like, what are we doing here that we don't need to be doing? And he's like, well, like what? And I said, well, let's take today. Like, we both just went into the clubhouse. And paid $40 for the next three hours of our life. You didn't have to do that. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, I want to live. You got to live. You got to live. And you do. But you do need to pick and choose. He also smokes a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. If you took the money you spend on cigarettes every day and put it in your bank account, you'd have a ton of money. 
It's funny with cigarettes is so many, not a bill. so many times in my life I've looked back and I've just been like, dude, where did you get the money for, to smoke cigarettes? Because now it's like, dude, I'm still like counting change and I'm like, oh man, I got to make, you know, you're worried about your finances. But always had that. Ten years ago, I always had money for cigarettes, no always. matter how dire the straits, no matter how, you know, what what situation I found myself in. I'm like, yeah, dude, I can find six bucks for Marlboro. That's the first thing I tell people when they tell me how broke they are. I'm, the first thing I say is quit smoking cigarettes. It does nothing for you. It's As a matter of fact, it's hurting you. You can't do it anywhere you go anymore. It's ruining you at work because everybody behind your back is pissed that you get 30 breaks a day and they don't. It's very much, it's like, I mean, this is, it's like eating healthy where it's like deep down inside, do you know that, hey, if I have something reasonable for lunch today and I, you know, and I make a nutritious dinner, is that going to be good for me in the big picture? Yeah, but right now I'm hungry. I don't want to cook and there's a drive through window. It's that everyday, Genius. it's that everyday temptation of, and I guess maybe that's kind of a difference between like some people who are able to, you know, reach extraordinary heights and people who aren't necessarily able to do that, whether it's financially or through training or or whatever you're looking for in life, where you are able to keep your eye on that big picture of like, hey, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 65 so I can retire comfortably. You're going to have to make sacrifices now. Hey, I want to be a, a pro basketball player. Well, you can't go to this party at a, as a 17-year-old. You need to be at home working on your ball handling skills. You want to be skinny. Well, then you don't get to eat McNuggets today. you got to go eat celery. And it's just like we all know that's true. It's just a lot harder to, to make it happen. Normally what I do is is like – I obviously know what it costs me to stay alive every single month, right. right? I know what I know what it goes. I know where the money goes and this and that. So what I do is I don't touch my savings account. I really try not to. So what I do at the end of every month is take whatever I don't absolutely need in my checking account and move it over to my savings. That way, because if things are in my savings, you know what happens? Or, not, or, or in my checking account, you know what happens? I look at it and go, man, I got money. I'll spend that. I'll spend it. And then I go on eBay and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, a new three yeah. just showed up out of nowhere. Oh, a new watch just showed up out of nowhere. And I spend my money. I don't know what that is. It's both in a bank account. It's both just numbers on a screen to me. And yet one feels like don't touch it. The other one feels like, hey, that's yours. Use it. Right. And so like I just move it over. And if I don't do that, every we get paid twice a month. Every time we get paid, I pay. And again, this is from Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. I pay me first. Me first. So I take a certain amount of money every time we get paid and go, okay, you pay Dan first. Bam. Now you pay this to the car payment. Now this goes to the apartment. Now this goes to that. You pay you first. That way you always have money. This is one of those things where I am, on one hand, it's like, dude, I've been working since I was... 14, 15, so 20 years of my life, but I also have another 30 years of work in front of me before I'm 65. There is a little bit of me that's like, I do need to start thinking this. Like it's 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 been like, well, dude, I got a 401k and it's fine now. And dude, don't even worry about everything. Mm. In my late 20s, that's kind of how it felt. Of like, well, dude, you've got you're okay, you're gonna be fine. And now it's like as I get a little bit older, I'm like, dude, this is going to sneak up on you quicker than you think. I know 30 years from now, it's like, what do you mean it's gonna sneak up on you? Dude, just look how fast this year has right, gone. Right. Right. Just look how fast this year is gone. And again, I pay myself first. Here's the other thing that's in that book. If, if like, let's say you got like a stack of like seven things that need to be paid off, right? And one of them's ten thousand dollars, and one of them's five hundred dollars. What people do is you focus on the ten thousand dollar thing you got to pay, and you never focus on the five hundred. One of the things Dave Ramsey always says is write them all down. And write them down with least amount of money to most amount of money of what's owed. And what he says is 
pay off the little ones first because what happens there is is that you get some success you have made uh, you've made strides and it reinforces that what you're trying to do is working if you just stay focused on the most expensive one you'll never get there pay off the small ones first start building that momentum and before you know it you'll start to feel good start to feel a little bit better and then it will just start to naturally happen if you're struggling financially I'm not even being paid to tell you this I'm not endorsing this I just believe in it it's total money makeover by Dave Ramsey he's a religious weirdo and I still love his book and so like that tells you everything you need to know right there but it changed my brother's the one that gave it to me and it completely changed my financial life we do have Rob Zombie Marilyn Manson tickets let's pass those out to caller 20 right now 1-800-243-7625 on those and guys there are certain clothes that if you put these on women want you we'll find out what they are next on Rock 106.9 Hope you boys brought popcorn The Stansberry Show Because I'm about to put on a show Rock 106.9 Joe Rock 106.9 Welcome back to The Stansberry Show We're on Rock 106.9 Online for you at WRQK.com So when a man's getting dressed Most times if you're, Especially if you're single What you want I would imagine this is true of women too Is you want to attract the opposite sex most times. Yes, some of you are are trying to adopt or are trying to attract the same sex. I get it. Um, But you're trying to be attractive. Let's just say that. Yeah, when you put clothes on, that usually is a part of it. Yeah. So according to women, there are things that men can wear that are just better. Okay. So woman says here, I find it really nice when men wear layers. So instead of just wearing a t-shirt, maybe wear a flannel unbuttoned on top of your t-shirt. Layering. All right. A little uh, little Eddie Vedder style right there. It says if you're wearing a button up, wear a sweater on top of that that reveals the collar. That is a good look. That is always like a uh, like a, a man's look. That's it, that that's more man, less swag. Well, and step in the right direction there of like you obviously put on a collar. Two thumbs up, but then you put on something that complements it over top of it. That's that's a you know. It's also how you extend your wardrobe. That's how you make more outfits out of one. A okay, couple of things. out of that one blue shirt, yeah. you can wear it multiple times that week as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, okay. that's how you extend your wardrobe. Okay. They say here you can never go wrong with black or dark colors. A fancy jacket with something simple underneath would make you uh, look good with minimal effort. Let me ask you this: I saw this. I was watching the new uh, collection of comedians and cars getting coffee, mm-hmm. and Jerry Seinfeld's very very. He loves this look. Where it's like button-down shirt, sport jacket, jeans, tennis shoes. Yeah, there's something a little dated about it. Something a little bit like... Well, there's something dated about Jerry. Yeah, I mean, he lives in his moment because it's like, why would I leave this, dude? I'm I'm a billionaire. I can stay wherever the hell I want to. Um, You have to remember where you're going, though. Jerry Seinfeld in Los Angeles, that's probably a very appropriate outfit. If you're wearing that and you're going to the mecca of consumerism on Tusk, you know what I mean? Like, there is a little bit of... Which, by the way, they turned that place around. They really have. They really, you, you they right really about have. That. I was just in there over the weekend. It's a way different store. Um, But the, you, you, just, you just have to... You can't overdo it with some stuff because it's like, dude, you're going to seem out of, very out of place. Sure. Another woman here says, I love when a guy wears a nice-fitting black basic t-shirt. Does it for me every time. I do that a lot. Probably too much, but that's like the thing I wear most. Do you wear, because there's some guys who will do the dress t-shirt where it's like they'll have a v-neck and it'll be a little bit slimmer cut and they'll wear that in like a social setting. Do you feel that's appropriate? It depends what the social setting okay. is. Okay. But yeah, I mean, more, more often than not, I, th- I think it's all right. Okay. Wear a belt. If you're wearing black shoes, it's a black belt. Same goes for brown women. Uh, you can't kind of tell me, you know, about that. Um, and I, I agree. Here's the one that I probably don't follow well enough. 
and it's make sure your clothes actually fit you. For the longest time, I was buying 2X stuff just because I was like, well, I don't like the way an XL fits. And it's too like, fat for this. No, it fits. It's just you're five pounds too heavy, and you move up to the extra size, and they say the good rule of thumb is two fingers into the T-shirt on, on like in the sleeve. It's tough, though, because you're right. Like You're not getting T-shirts custom-fitted. It's like, well, here are my two options. I'm not an XL, and I'm not a double XL. I don't really know where I stand. You just kind of have to pick one and live with it. And brand by brand, people change their sizes so right. much. Uh, dude, and for women, oh, my God. Guys think we have it tough of like, oh, well, no does way. this 2XL fit or does this 2XL no fit? Dude, women, it is just a nightmare of trying to figure out what sizes and clothes and si- what you're supposed to be there. I have a, a tailored suit. And oh my God, makes all the difference. difference. Makes all the difference. Holy crap, is that great? Yeah, honestly, that would be kind of cool if 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 clothing went back to that, more tailored, more like cut to you versus buying off the rack. That would be great. But that's a part of the reason why we don't do that is because everything in our lives now is so temporary. I'm not going to pay to go get a a a shirt fit that I'm only going to wear for a year. You know what I mean? Like I'm throwing this shirt out in two years anyway, so it's like, well, dude, I'm not going to spend the money to get it custom fitted. The number one response I saw at all these women, this came from Reddit. The number one response I saw is men wear clothes way too baggy these days and it just doesn't look good women are they're not as visual as men i think everybody kind of knows that but you don't think that they want to see what you really look like underneath all that the way you do looking at them yes they do yeah and i i I think there's a little bit of no matter what happens people are going to complain about stuff here because once upon a time it was like oh my god look at those dudes with those saggy jeans oh what a joke and now dudes are wearing skinny jeans and it's like oh, oh my way god too tight. Oh, dude, you're way too tight and it's like well what do you guys want out of me you here? give the american people something they're going to want the other thing i mean welcome to it absolutely two guys who don't have kids are going to teach you how to be a better dad yes. That's next on Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is Rollholt Vision. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. I get this complaint from listeners a lot. You don't even have kids, and yet you always try to tell us how to be a good parent. As a matter of fact, like the guy that delivered food to my house last week, that was his bitch. (laughs) Is that I was like talking about parenting issues. And I was like, well, that's nice, but you're carrying my dinner up to my front door upside down. (laughs) So how about you get that job taken care of properly, and then you can yell at me about how I'm doing mine. If you missed that, it was last week. I can't remember what day, so go through all the podcasts. If you missed Stansberry ranting and raving about that, dude, that was hilarious. Go back and revisit that. I am still pissed. (laughs) Like, pissed. I had to go all the way out the front door. Door locks behind me. Guess you're locked out. Yeah, I am, because you and your goddamn air cast can't walk up three steps to hit my buzzer. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Moving forward. Oh, my God. It's already getting those rage rage spots in his eyes oh, again. Oh, I'm losing my crap. Now, this, I didn't write this, okay? This is written from a new father, so it's like, get ready for this, right? Like, I just quit smoking, so now I got to be that guy, and I okay. just became a dad, so now I'm an expert, right? Right. So it's from a little bit of a new father there. I think it sounds like something like three years old or something. Three or four, and uh, he's got tips on how you can be a better dad. 
And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not a parent, but maybe we can read through this and I'll be like, and then I can look at it from this angle, like whether or not I would have wanted my dad to be that or not, all right? right? Um, I had a pretty good relationship with my dad. Let's find out here. It says, be big. Be big. He says, in spirit, that is. Um, he says, you got you to gotta think about the people who came before you. Father Time, the Founding Fathers, God the Father. It's a powerful tradition. Kids expect some stature from you. Yeah. So you got to play with it. And I agree with that. You do have to be big in the moment. Be bigger than life to your kid. I do actually like that piece of advice there. I like that one. There's there's so much that, you know, I think you learn you learn a lot from your mom, but there is something about your dad that you just have so much awe at. You know what I mean? As a child, I can authoritarian just, most times. I, I can just remember looking up to him and just being like, oh my God, you have everything figured out. You, there's literally nothing you don't know how to do. There's nothing that you're not strong enough for. And looking back on it, of course, my dad would be like, dude, what are you talking about? There was a million times I didn't know what I just was doing. Winging it. But as a kid, it's just you look up and you see that that steady hand. Yeah, that's that, that's a really big part of it. You're right about shot. this, though. Like, So my age right now is where I sit, right? At my dad at my age, I would have been 12. Yeah. Okay? So, like, looking at my dad at then, I was like, hey, you're a grown-up. I've got it all together. You know what I mean? And now, I looking back at it, and now through adult eyes, no, he didn't. He wasn't even close to having it figured out. He was terrified every day. had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, my age, I think my dad was, uh, my, when my dad was my age, I must have been 14. And it's just like, God, dude, I can't even fathom, like, it, it, like taking care of a dog, letting like having raised a four, two of them at this point. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It, it's amazing. That's right, because your brother's older. Yeah, my brother's older than me. Another piece of advice on how to be a better dad, come home. They say, obviously, your obligations of making a living and providing that home are going to keep you away from it during the work hours. He says, but if you can pay the bills without working a double, then go home. He says, now, you don't have to play catch all the time or even be talking to your kids, but being in the house actually helps, makes your kids feel more loved. You're around. You want to be where they are. And his piece of advice is get off the golf course, go home. And I agree. I'm trying to play. You got kids. I got nothing to do this afternoon. You got plays and stuff. You go home. I got fairways to hit. You still have to be your own individual and have your own hobbies and be able to walk away from your family and do other things. But at the end of the day, yes, your priority is within the the confines of your home there. Tips to be a better dad. We're pulling from menshealth.com there. Bob and Weave. Stay light on your feet. Don't make too many hard, fast rules. Don't draw too many lines in the sand. Basically, be fluid in what you're and and what. But isn't rigid and isn't like boundary good for kids? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's probably a little bit of you're showing. I, 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 you don't want to, I guess, fluidity, maybe not the best term there, but like you do want to show that there's flexibility in life and very rarely is it, you know, black and white, right? Most times life, most of life happens in the gray is what I always say. Um, save your money. If you're uh, looking to be a parent, they say, if you're not careful, the kids will send you into the poor house, $3 at a time. And that is true. People nickel and dime themselves into the poor house all the time. They said, but you got to be thinking long-term think college tuition. And here's the other one. And I don't know if this happens anymore, but this would have never been able to happen in my house just because my parents didn't make enough money. But they say, think about being able to give 
your kids their down payment on their starter house. Jeez. Did you ever once in your life Jeez. ever think to yourself growing up in Twinsburg, like, my parents are going to give me the, the the down payment for my home? That no. never once crossed your no, mind, right? No, no, even no. Like, even like automobiles, my parents gave me one of their old cars at 16, and it was like a $300 car, and that was like the end of it. That and was the... Here's what they did. They knew... That you were going to be 16 in a few years. So they continued to drive a car right, 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 well right, past right. when they wanted to be driving it. It was like, well, not get rid of it now. We're going to need something for Matt in a year or two. No, but like the, like, like even like, like, like a car payment, I wouldn't expect my parents to be like, hey, here's 5000 bucks for you. Like you can get your life started like that. No, that's a bit much. But here's the thing. If you are able to give that to your child, I'm not going to knock you for that. I understand. Well, like, well, they've got to go out and earn it. But at the same time, if you're able to start them further ahead and they still have the work ethic and they still want to go like make something of themselves you've instilled those values in it i'm not going to knock you for being better off financially than my family was no i mean my parents they didn't i think my first car cost seven hundred dollars right is what my first car cost it was a Datsun s2000 like turd brown okay five speed had to be a stick shift my it was my dad's rule our first my brother and our both our first cars had to be stick shift so we could drive it that was his rule men know how to drive a stick um, and so like we had to have that. Plus, he never wanted me to be at a party and be like, I couldn't drive my friend's car, so I let somebody else drive drunk because I didn't know how to do it. Right. And he was like, no, 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 no excuses. Okay. Right? So that, that it was this thing. So he gave me the 500, and I had the two, but then I had to pay him back. Like I like they didn't just give me the money. I had to like work. I was working at Mr. Hero and like I had worked and like gave him all the money and paid him back and I probably didn't pay him all the way back cuz welcome to being a kid and right. taking money from your parents. I'm and, good for it, dad. Yeah. I'm good for it. So he probably got 3 of the 5 back or something. Can I borrow 20 bucks? It's like, <laughs> yeah, here, borrow it, dummy. I, I just I don't think people do that. In, like here's another question. Let me ask this question. Does this still happen? Like if you get married, does the does does the bride's dad still pay? Um, I think in situations where they can, but I think most people... That's like that's like 20 grand, right? Just to make that assumption is where you get into the problem, where it's like, if that were to happen, I think great, but like you can't go into it and be like, all right, hey, we're going to spend $20,000 on this wedding, and we're going to expect your dad to pay for all of it, because dude, at that point, you're really finding yourself in, in, in you know, a bad situation there. Now, I'm not married either, right. okay? And... Um, I understand I'm also a man, so we don't dream about our wedding every day, for, you know, our entire lives the way women do, or at least the way we're sold that women do. But I, if I were engaged right now, I would be looking at my partner saying this, why in the hell am I spending all this money for my loser idiot friends to come here, right. get wasted in the back of the room, and have like you know the squares board about when we're gonna get divorced because that's what's going. My, my friend, I've paid for all those losers to get drunk every night we've gone out and been in the bar. Why am I doing it another time? I would rather spend a, an exorbitant amount of money on the honeymoon and go someplace awesome and have that life memory forever. Versus, remember when you walked down that aisle? I think both of those things. 
It's like, dude, buy a house. Unless you're already in a situation where your needs have been met. That's the smarter that's, plan. I mean, that's the responsible way to go about sure it, it where it's like priority number one has to be our future. And then like the present of the wedding today or the honeymoon that we're going on. Yeah, dude, I, I'm not saying like, oh, well, dude, who cares? Don't spend any money on that. But like if you don't have if you don't have what you need to live the rest of your life, cars, houses, things like that, you got to put those as top priority. Yeah, I would much rather take an awesome vacation with my new life partner. Like, let's celebrate our life together. We're going to go someplace great. Right. And we didn't put ourselves in the poor ass with the, with the wedding itself. So let's take some money right. and let's go. And our first memory as a couple will be spent doing this. And we'll do that. I, I mean, I, I would hope that, and I would think that the person I marry would feel like that way. Otherwise, I don't think I marry. How much of the wedding, though, is not necessarily about what you and her want. It's about what the other people in your life want. Well, again, that's when I would look at my future wife and say, you know, it's called our wedding, though, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that her mom's going to want something. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's not, is that worth you going 20 grand in debt for? No, this but. Is, this is what I would tell her. Tell your mom we'll spend less on the wedding. And I'll save some of that money, and when she needs the in-law suite, it'll be open to her. So how about we make sure she can retire living underneath the roof versus she can come here and get, you know, spritz her drunk at 2 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and yell at your, you know, yell at your biological father about how he showed up late with a 24-year-old. <laughs> I mean, notice how even my fake family's dysfunctional. <laughs> notice that. Even the family I don't have, they're a total train wreck, too. There is a famous lawyer in this country, famous, been famous forever. He's had two really high-profile clients that have a ton of negative history. You'll be surprised on which one he says he gets more flack about. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. And we'll have Marilyn Manson Rob Zombie tickets all week for you. So I read this yesterday, and I'm not necessarily surprised because of the environment we live in now. But there's a famous lawyer. His name is Alan Dershowitz. Mm -hmm. And he's like one of the most famous lawyers in the country. Has been for a long, long, long time. And he's had some pretty high-profile clients. And two of the most notable are O.J. Simpson and the president, Donald J. Trump. He was asked, is this actually worse than when you defended O.J. Simpson? Talking about standing by the president, working with the president, doing some stuff. He says, yes, this is much worse than all that. He says, in those cases, people were critical of me, but they were prepared to discuss it. Talking about the Mike Tyson case and then, you know, the OJ case, or whatever. He says, they were prepared to have a dialogue. Here are the people that I'm objecting to want to stop the dialogue. They want to, they don't want to have the conversation. Meaning, essentially, that at least they were willing to hear him out where now the mentality is, you're willing to do anything with him, you're just a scumbag. And he's right about that. We have moved into this place now. Like, you see this a lot with guests on shows. Why would I give them a platform? Well, it's their show, so they already have the platform. 
And B, you go on those shows, you have the conversations to convince maybe other people why you might be right. This whole, I'm only going to do things with people who think exactly like me, I think is a very dangerous territory, and I think it's going to lead to very dangerous things. Is there any end to that where it's like, do we have to give Nazis equal time? Do we have to give ISIS equal time? Do we have to give child molesters equal time? Or is it like, no, there's some things that we do not accept as valid valid do you have to no but actors like Alyssa milano right Alyssa milano she she keeps going on about like gun control in this country right and she gets her facts wrong every single day every last one she's dead wrong every last one they begged her to come on nra tv to discuss it and she won't she and she says why would i give them an audience first of all When's the last time Alyssa Milano was anything watchable? Charmed? Maybe? That was 10 years ago. So NRA TV's bigger than you, Alyssa Milano. Let's not pretend that. And the reason why you won't go on the show is because you're going to get smoked by the facts. This is like when Ben Shapiro went out with Pierce Morgan. And Pierce thought he know, knew everything about guns. And he got smoked on his own show. Smoked. Look that up. It's not even close. And that's what's going to happen with Alyssa Milano. And that's why people don't want to go on these shows with people they disagree with. It's not because it's like, I'm not giving them a platform. It's because you're going to get schooled in the conversation. And then you will no longer have these talking points on Twitter that you want to stick to every day. But I am not surprised that people are are more mad about the fact that he is going to work closely with the president, defend him, whatever, work as a legal consultant, whatever, than with OJ Simpson. A- the American attention span is and memory are both very, very short, and people forget the facts of the case of the O.J. Simpson case. You forget how gruesome that murder was. You just think, no, oh, he stabbed Nicole Brown Simpson. No, 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 no. He damn near cut her head off. Her head was hanging by a tendon. Well, it was found innocent, right? I mean, right? Like, so, like, there isn't that isn't that a difference? No, no, no. Because one of the jurors came out and said, "Yeah, we let him off the hook because he was black, and we wanted to win one for us." An actual juror has come out years later and admitted that's what happened. So, no, 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 no. Innocence doesn't bother me. Being found innocent, that was one of those things. The the big joke back then when the verdict came out is, if you go swimming in the ocean, wear a shirt that says. OJ's innocent because even sharks won't swallow that. That was the big joke. But they did that show on FX and they went and they found actual jurors and the woman looks right into the camera and says, yeah, we let him off the hook because we wanted to win one for us. So no, the innocent thing doesn't, doesn't strike me at all. But of course people feel worse about this, about, about you being close to Trump than, than you, they do OJ. A, OJ's a sports figure and people just kind of love those people no matter what. It's weird. Well, the, the hero worship that, that goes along with that is very, very weird. And people feel like Trump is ruining their lives right now, even though I ask people all the time, how is your life different? Don't talk to me about immigrant kids at the border. Don't talk to me about Puerto Rico. Don't talk to me about any of that. How is your life different? And the answer, crickets, never, not one thing. So, But people like just hate this guy, and your attention span and your memory is so bad. He damn near hacked that woman's head off. And here's the big one. Is that if we would have had Twitter, if we would have had Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, if we would have had social media back when that case was going on, I think he, he would have gotten some serious hate for defending OJ. Yeah, more than anything, this is a sign of the times. This is a social media problem more than it is anything else. But again, he damn near hacked that woman's head completely off. Off. You can say a lot of what you want about Donald Trump. He didn't murder two people. 
At least not that we know of. But you keep doing this. You keep doing whatever it is you want. Leave Alan Dershowitz alone. He's just a guy trying to make some money. And yeah, he's willing to defend people maybe you don't like for some money. But that's what lawyers do. They have to defend people and take the money. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRTK.com. Podcast will be available shortly after 10 a.m. I feel like I have to do this. All right. Um, because we, from time to time, like to have a little fun with T-County. All right. Like to bag on T-County. Kick the dust up. Right. Put a dipper in. And I spent some time down in T-County over All the right. weekend. I spent a good portion of Saturday afternoon in T-County. Did you get the thing stuck down there? What no, happened? No no no. No? No, no, no. no? All right. No, no, no. Tearing up them back dirt roads? Okay. But huge fan. All right. I played Oak Shadows. For the first time in New Philadelphia. What is that? The lead singer from Avenged Sevenfold no, right there? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no? Well, well played. Okay. Well played. Right. No, no, no. Uh, played Oak Shadows in okay. New Philly. A golf course people have been telling me for months on end. Like, dude, you got to go play there. And they were 100% right. I will be back very, very soon. T County, that was well done. There you go. Enjoyed that. Um, I want to dispel the Stansbury's just a hater thing uh, one more time because I, I get this all the time. You're just a hater. You hate everything. No, no, no. I just don't like the Avengers movies. I got another Netflix uh, suggestion for you. Um, This was on PBS originally. I didn't see it when it first aired. Um, I've seen some of this guy's other works, but Ken Burns' Vietnam like uh, series. It's a series. I watched half of the first episode last night, and I'm already all the way in. But I love history. You kind of have to like history. That was my favorite subject in high school. I like history. So I'm into it. Anything Ken Burns, I will give a two thumbs up to. Um, Most things I've seen, I've really, really liked. His Civil War thing was that great. Was good. His World War One thing was great. He did this baseball documentary that I watched that I, I don't absolutely think I've seen loved. That. Um, he was a part of the Central Park Five documentary that I really liked. So yeah, dude, anything Ken Burns, you can get your hands on. Now, dude, I, I'm gonna assume Vietnam's probably like seven se- seven parts. Each part's two hours long. You're Super making long. A, you're making a commitment here, like no question. But it's it's. I mean, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, that. But that war was interesting. Yeah. You know. What I mean, a big part of our, you know, obviously our history and what molded, you know, foreign policy for the next, you know, 50 years or whatever. And so, like, it's very interesting to, to take a look at it. I, uh, I'll make a complaint then while you prop something up. I'm going to tear something down. Last night, me oh, and good. the girlfriend, we were like, hey, you know, let's watch a movie Sunday night. I was like, what do you want to watch? And she's like, well, let's watch something scary. And I go into the, you know, the new features and I'm like, oh, there's the new It movie. Let's watch that. 30 minutes in. <laughs> Dude, we were both like, what are we doing this for? Why are really? we watching this? Not good at all. People Did not ranted enjoy and it. raved about it. Just that. wouldn't shut up about it. Now somebody's going to be like, Fantone, if you would have watched 35 minutes of it, it would have been great. But it was like, dude, that first half hour, there was a point. She looks at me and she's like, why are we watching this? Nah, I'm with you. Because here's the thing. If you can't pull me in in 30 minutes, you're not pulling me in. How much longer do you need? Right. That's a pretty big hook. If you can't get me in 30, you're not getting Now, me. sometimes I've caught myself like after five minutes, I'm like, this movie sucks. Right. And it's like, dude, you got to calm down, but 30 minutes in, I was I was not I mean, impressed. How long's the movie? An hour and a half? Like, no, two and a half goddamn hours, just like every other stupid oh, movie. It's got to be two and a half hours minimum. I, I think it was 220. I don't remember the first It movie well enough. To, to so where I don't really know, uh, dude. You gotta imagine they're gonna redo all his stuff, right? Yeah, why not? I mean, nobody's got original ideas, so if you might as well cash in on the ones that are big. T 
Dude, the Shining remake would be kind of great, right? Well, would it be kind of great, or would it be like, oh, hey, remember that movie that you thought you loved back in the day? Here's our remake of it. So, no, I'm going to disagree with it. It does not have well, to be great. to be honest with you, I did rewatch The Shining not that long ago. It was like two years ago, and I was like, Jesus, this is long. What am I doing with this Jeez, right now? what am I doing? Just smashed the door with the axe already. <laughs> Let's go. I got things to do. Wrap it up. All right. Actually, I do have things to do, so we will get this wrapped up. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.